Hello, and welcome to this audio explainer, part of the ICECPD programme. In this episode, we will hear from Joe Guy, Environment and Sustainability Manager at Team 2100, about how they are using the circular economy to shape the design, construction and future of flood defences in the Thames estuary. Joe, welcome and thank you for speaking with us. Hi, nice to be with you. So Joe, what has driven the focus and use of the circular economy at Team 2100? Well, um, Team 2100 is uh, actually an environment agency pathfinder programme. And so it was set up specifically to think about how to embed asset management as a technique around maintaining and delivering continued flood risk management in the Thames estuary. Um, So it's set up really to consider how we can deliver in a more efficient manner and also how we can attempt to think about the emerging drivers around infrastructure and how we deliver that moving forward. So part of that, and and a key part of it obviously for me is the Environment Sustainability Manager, is how we make sure that sustainability is is a key and integral part of asset management. And so within that text, when we think or context, when we think about sustainability, it's, it's a very wide subject. It could stretch from uh, the, what we hear a lot about with regard to net zero carbon, but it moves over to resilience, social value, net gain. And then also with included that is, is the circular economy. So whilst within Team 2100, we're looking at all those aspects of embedding sustainability into our asset management activities in the Thames estuary, Particularly, we've been doing a lot of work on how we embed the circular economy into that because really it's a key component of how we actually think about the materials that we use can help us deliver more sustainably as a whole in the work that we do. And how are you applying the circular economy in practice on the project? Well, I think this is this is where it's a very interesting question because um, it's obviously really important to write a sustainability strategy and so that you understand where you're going. The Environment Agency has done that. It has um, its own organisational sustainability strategy that we call internally Emission 2030, essentially where we're trying to get to around net zero, circular economy, net, uh, net gain, social value, where we're trying to get to by 2030. And so you can have the that sets a very clear direction about where you want to get, but then we have to move from that to um, making decisions on the ground in projects that make up programs about what we're actually going to change, how we're going to change what we do, and and fundamentally what it is we're going to do. And um, that is quite, uh, can I think feel quite daunting when you first see it and you have to look at it. But I think actually when you break it down into small steps, you can attempt to do that in in not so hard a way, actually. So we thought quite carefully about the fact that we needed to find a way to ensure that we addressed issues around greenwashing and around issues of um, one of those typical things that sits within our commercial space or equivalent. How we deal with those things where we say it must make us meet a standard or an equivalent standard, how we set those up within the contract. And so what we've done is we've sort of taken a, a stepwise approach. So first of all, we set out our key performance indicators to define where we wanted to go. And then that gave some 
guidance as to how we should as an integrated delivery team. So Team 2100 is not only environment agency staff, it's our consultants and our contractor staff all working in one, in one building on a group program, a program of work, a program of individual projects. Um, so it allowed us to give guidance by thinking about the certification schemes that we might use to define what we think a circular economy material is, but also that it gives an openness to consider how you actually deliver. And so um, we have looked at a whole string of certification process and, uh, and started to use two because they met our requirements around auditability and transparency, which is really key for this. Um, you always need to be able to uh, answer those questions which people will ask you from the outside. And so um, we use this cradle-to-cradle certified register and also the ethical stone register as two techniques which we require materials to be certified to. And I think the other thing that's really important around operationalizing it is, is that, you, that you, as an integrated group of individuals within or professions within uh, the chain of delivering a project or program works, it needs to be adopted by everyone. So therefore the culture around how those people all work together becomes really key to operationalizing it as well. So it's actually saying, are we all in agreement what we should do? Are we all moving together around this? And I think that's um, a really important part about delivery. And what lessons have you learned so far? And I guess, how is it informing your future plans? I think we've had some really key key lessons out of this, which I suspect, if I'm honest, we didn't think we were going to learn when we started, which is really good because it, it goes to show that this is a learning process. Team 2100 is a pathfinder program so that so it's doing exactly what it should do so first of all we learned that there is a massive breadth of professions around delivery of infrastructure projects that are needed need to understand what we're doing with the circular economy it might be easy in our initial thoughts where it would probably involve the designers and probably the contractors i.e those who are thinking about what we're going to make something out of and then those people who have got to buy that stuff. Um, but actually, it's way, way wider than that. So we've found that um, we've needed to involve our um, commercial people so they understand where they're going, our procurement teams. We're not just our own procurement teams within the agency, but also the procurement teams of our suppliers, so our contractor and their suppliers. We've had to involve our cost consultants. And we've also had to make sure that Across the commercial teams, everyone's agreed with it as well. So obviously, it's, you know, there's a, a client, a consultant, a contractor. We all need to be aligned. So I think it's that breadth of having to explain what we want to do and, more importantly, why we're doing it. So what our goal is and why we have this goal, why we have the ambition in the agency to deliver sustainably. And so that is really key because it means that if everybody gets it, and everyone understands why they're going to do it, then they're going to do it. They're not just going to see it as, I, I don't understand what this is. So that's really, really important. That's the first thing we've learned. Um, the second thing is that specialist um, support is key in this space. It's not something that our normal uh, consultancy and contracting chain is used to delivering. So we've identified the fact we have to bring in specialist consultants to do this. And my... Um, I suppose my example to say why we're doing this is a bit like when um, 
CDM regs started, we had to bring in specialists to understand how the CDM regs work. This is the same process. And we're seeing very quickly that our consultants, our contractors, our supply chain are picking up on how to do it. But there's a continuing need to understand that market because it's a very different market to one we work in. So specialist support is key at the start and will continue to be a requirement, but not at the same level as we move forward. Um, I think the third thing we've discovered is that early engagement is key. And I suspect you say this about a number of different aspects in in delivery of of projects or programs, large programs of work. But that early engagement around why we're doing the circular economy, which I talked about before, but also early engagement in the definition of the project, its scope of works or its outcome spec, right from the start, and regular updates on how we're doing and why we're doing that, so that it's embedded from the approach of the project from the very start. If you arrive halfway through a project and say, I'd like to do this, it kind of puts attention in the project you weren't intending to be there. And so it's really key that we get it in early and we keep talking about it. Um, and then finally, I think our final learning is, is that I've discovered that the people I work with have discovered that every time we go and have a discussion with a profession or a group of people who haven't been exposed to this before, haven't, they've kind of knew about it, but they don't really know that much about it and they want to know more. There's always a few key people who really get it and, and they suddenly say, oh, great, this is what I was looking for. I want to do something within my profession to support sustainability but I don't know how to do it. And now I've got something that I can do. Now, we, we call those um, uh, sort of like the band of the willing in, in, in as, as a term because that band of the willing are really important to getting that traction throughout the delivery process to get there. So I think that's like use your band of the willing. They're the people to get it. They understand it. They'll go and talk to other people on your behalf and they'll help you help the program deliver. So I think they're... There are, there are four things I think we've learned which have become really important to us. Brilliant. And thank you, Joe, for, for your insight and for taking time to share your experiences with us. IC members can learn more on this topic through our written knowledge pack exploring the principles of the circular economy and our podcast looking at how the circular economy is impacting network rail and national highways. But for now, thank you for listening. <laughs>